Today I am continuing the series that we started a couple weeks ago on God and work. And we talk about many things in the church, but we don't spend enough time talking about the thing that we do the other six days of the week. But it's very important for us to know what God has to say about work because if you're not working, chances are you're not surviving the way you should. Or if someone in your family is not working, then you're going to be in trouble because that's how we get our finances and that's how we survive, by working. And God said that we will work and we should work. And so we are just simply going to be going through this series. The first message I spoke a couple of weeks ago, I talked about what God felt about work. Then last week, Pastor Jane took some time where she looked at how we can creatively find jobs. Today, I am taking it a step further by talking about when work is not working. When work isn't working. And as we are thinking about work, I know that there are some people who might be unemployed at this time. And if you are unemployed, I want you to know that we are going to be fasting and praying for you. One of the things I've asked us to do in Go Church is every day for this series that we have, I'm asking each person to take 10 minutes out of the day and pray for others. I know that you might not have a job for yourself, but I am asking you to take the time, 10 minutes every day, and pray for somebody else. Then every Thursday, we did it last Thursday, and this Thursday, we are going to be doing it again. We are going to be taking the entire day, and we're going to be praying and fasting for those who need jobs. So if you can, we're going to encourage you this Thursday coming to put away the food, put away all pleasure things like that, and instead of watching TV in the morning or going on the computer and doing all the things that you always do, just take some time on Thursday and pray for those who need jobs. I know that there are some of us here who might not have our own job. Well, if you don't, that's okay. Pray for somebody else this time. And I'm going to ask us later on in the service to Write your name on an index card, and we're going to be taking them, and I'm going to be praying for them at the end of the service. Because we believe that we can break the power over unemployment in Go Church. One of the things that we know about in America is the American dream. And we have been talking about the American dream and what this American dream entails, and for many of us, it is the house and the white picket fences and 
2.5 children. And apart from the 2.5 children, we want to make sure that we have a car and we can shop when we want to shop and we can have a little bit of entertainment when we need entertainment. And as we do that, it seems as if we have been sucked into this is what I want for myself and my family. And the American dream seems to be slipping away further and further away from us. There is this cartoon I have here where this family is seeking the American dream. And they're saying, yes, we'd like to check out of the American dream. And the person at the American Dream Hotel says, let's see, you have given back the car, the furniture, the house, the credit cards. That leaves you with late fees, interest, taxes, interest on those taxes. How would you like to pay for it? Would you like to put it on the five-year payment plan? Because we have to pay even when we want to get out of the American Dream. I believe that God wants to change this in our lives. How does work not work? I want to just take us through a few items as far as working and not working and the American dream is concerned. First of all, when we are working, there sometimes is what we would say are poor working conditions. We go to work and you expect that your workplace is going to be a certain way, but the conditions are poor, the place is a mess, there's not right, the right equipment for you. Sometimes there, there was this ad on television where somebody was working with monkeys. Everywhere around the place, there were just monkeys, monkeys, monkeys. And sometimes we feel that that's our work environment. The working place is just bad for us. Poor working conditions. Then we have difficult workers, difficult co-workers and supervisors or bosses where the boss seems to always want to get rid of you. Anybody ever had a boss who just seemed to always be attacking you? Whatever you do, the boss is aiming at you, trying to, to write you up and everything you do. They, they, they keep notes of everything you're doing. They, they send an email and they keep a copy for themselves and they send an email copy to the boss. Because it seems as if that, that supervisor just wants to get at you at all the times. Then sometimes we have the micromanager. Anybody ever worked with a micromanager? Mm-hmm. They are like the helicopter boss. They're hovering over you all the time. No matter what you're doing, they're looking at you. They're over your shoulder. And when, when you're trying to type, you just feel the stare on your computer. They're the helicopter bosses then some bosses are just annoying. Anybody ever worked with an annoying boss? They just bother you. Everything you're doing, they're just bothering you over and over and over again. Then some bosses or supervisors are just plain disrespectful. They argue with you because you are not where they are. You have to find your place, and I can say anything I want to say to you anytime because I am your boss and I can fire you anytime. Then we have the situation where there may be difficult people whom you serve, people who work in restaurants or 
people who work in, in stores where their clients are coming in. And there's a saying that says, the client is always right. The customer is always right. And so because the customer is always right, they feel that they can speak any and any way to you. And when they're speaking any and any way to you, you feel that it's time for me to, to say something back. And then you have some clients or some customers who are over-demanding. It's just unreasonable what they're expecting of you. Sometimes it's as if you're doing one thing, you're serving this person, but they want you to serve them because I am the more important one here. Some people are just ungrateful. And some people just have poor manners. They just don't know how to talk to people. Then, for some people, it's a lack of challenges, lack of motivation, lack of fulfillment. So you go to work and... You just can't get into it. You just feel as if this is not working for me. You're not promoted. You're, you're just in a, a never-ending cycle. It's going on and on and on again. We're going to talk about that some more. Then there's the work overload. Too much work, too few staff, and you feel as if you have to do everything. You get it in, in your office in the morning. You start working. And when you have the pile halfway empty, they bring more work. And it's as if you can never, ever get over this. The work is never done. And sometimes you're working and you, you are working late. And even when you're working late, it's as if the, the, the company wants you to take work home because you still have to do more. Then there are people who are living paycheck to paycheck. You're one month away from being homeless. Or maybe two months away from being homeless. You need to get to work, but you look on the car, and the dial is on E. And you pray to the Lord and say, Lord, let it be enough. And then you go into your garage and you know that you're not going to make it to work today and you, you usually do use your lawn more to mow the lawn and you have some gas in that, those red containers and you open the red container and you pour the gas that should go into your lawn more into the car in order to get you to work. That's living paycheck to paycheck. And many of us are going through that. You stretch the dollar. And it tears because you're living hand to mouth. It's just not making it. It's just not working for you. Hand to mouth is what we say in Jamaica for paycheck to paycheck. Do you say hand to mouth in America as well? That's what we call it, hand to mouth. Then there are those who are not employed or you're not getting enough clients enough work, you're underemployed. That is especially for people who are freelancers and you're not getting a full salary for one person, you're just getting a part of your salary from this person or a part of your salary from someone else and sometimes there's just not enough work for you. And so your work isn't working for you. I believe that God has something to say to 
every one of us when our work is not working. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and if you have your Bibles, turn to it for me. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And we looked at this a few weeks ago where we talked about how God gave people this task. First of all, he said, be fruitful. And we looked at how fruitfulness is not just having children because if you are going to have children, that is going to be work. So the first one is being fruitful. Then he said, multiply. That's his expansion. God is talking about expansion. Then he says, fill the earth. And when the earth is being filled, it means that we are doing something because we have to tend the whole earth. He said, subdue it. I have a, some, a couple of trees in my yard, and, and as I see the trees, and they're, they're spreading out in different directions, and the tree is going wild, and I say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shape up this tree. And so I get my, my machine, what, what, what's it called? The one with, that you, you share it and you and I'm, and I'm doing my trees and it's, it's, look, it's looking so neat going around. And they are saying, why don't you just let the tree grow the way it should grow? And I'm saying, no, I'm subduing it. <laughs> we need to subdue the earth. We need to take charge of the earth. And so God has given us this task. And he says, rule over it. In other words, we have this job of doing something that God has declared that we should be doing. And so God has given us this mandate. And not only has he given us the mandate, but he has also given us the means of achieving this. And he has given us this mission. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And I mentioned that this task he has given us was not to be fulfilled only in Eden. Because it was a task that God wanted us to work and expand. Eden was supposed to simply be the central mission statement, the central missions area, where you would take Eden, you'd work in Eden, and then you would expand his glory outside of Eden. But then something happened. Adam and Eve sinned. And when Adam and Eve sinned, it changed everything. The task that they had to work and expand the earth and fill the earth and subdue it, that no longer became something that was just pleasurable. Work was meant to be a blessing in every way, but sin introduced the element of extreme toil. And so we have the issue where we see Adam and Eve sinning. And in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 19, we see where this whole thing happened, where work was no longer going to be just a complete blessing, but there was also toil and extreme toil in it. Let's hear Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 19. 
Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, You will not certainly die, for God knows that you eat from it. Your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. <laughs> then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. <gasps> so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man. Where are you? <coughs> I heard you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I knew that I was naked, so I hid from you. Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The woman <laughs> you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The serpent deceived me, and so I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. So we see how work was meant to be a pleasure. Work was meant to be something that would bring blessing to man. But because of sin, work became filled with toil. I believe that there are certain principles that God wants to show us. And the first principle I want to look at this morning is that 
The Redeemer wants to redeem your work life. The Redeemer wants to redeem your work life. And if you are someone who is overwhelmed in your work, where you are going through work and you just have so much task and you don't know where to begin, there is confusion and you don't know what to pick up first, you are not equal to the task or you feel that you're not equal to the task or your boss or someone else is putting on unrealistic expectations, God wants to redeem your work life. There may be some people who are so demotivated that you're falling asleep on the job. Just so much work. There's no challenge. You're tired. You're doing meaningless tasks. Or you're doing things that you would call busy work. Where you know that you can do better, but you're just doing this because you can find nothing else. Or you feel that you're in the wrong job or you're qualified to do something else, but for some reason, this is where you're stuck. I believe that God wants to redeem that. There may be some people who have bills and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And you still have months at the end of your pay. And you're wondering, where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong? How did I end up in this job? And wh why am I doing this? I believe that the Redeemer wants to redeem that job for you. So that's the first principle we need to understand when it comes to work. That the Redeemer wants not just to redeem us, but he wants to redeem our work life. Second principle. We need to have an attitude check. We need to have an attitude check. Many of us know about Malachi, the passage in Malachi that talks about we should bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And when we bring the tithes into the storehouse, what will happen is that God will pour out a blessing and the blessing will be so much that we will not have room enough for it. I'm not really going to be talking about Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 to 12 today. Next week, we are going to be looking at work and finances. And our sister, Shandre, is going to be bringing the message next week. Shandre is someone who God has placed in the marketplace, and she is doing lots of good work. She is working for Edward Jones. She is helping people with their finances. And so she will be talking about finances next week as far as it has to do with work. And I'm really looking forward to that message. I hope that you will all be here next week as she shares. But what happens is that when we read this passage in Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, we sometimes get the picture that we will give and we will, we will give our tithes to the Lord and soon after we give our 10% to the Lord or sometimes 11% or 10.5% to the Lord, then immediately after, our doors are going to open and the heavens are going to open and we're going to receive so much blessing from the Lord that we won't have room enough for it. And sometimes when we watch certain programs on TV and we hear the testimonies of this person being in debt and they sent $500 to this television program and a month later they got a raise for $5,000 and we say, wow. 
But how many people here would say that hasn't worked for them? That you have been tithing, you have been faithful, you have been giving, but maybe it's not quite the way it is. I want to talk about that here. Because we read Malachi chapter 3 talking about bringing the tithes into the storehouse. And when we read that, we stop right there. Here, here's what it says. It says, in Malachi chapter 3, God says, I will pour out for you such a blessing that there will be not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. You sh the vine shall not fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And so we stop there. And what happens is that sometimes we begin to blame God. And sometimes we say it out loud, but sometimes what we do is in our minds, when work isn't working, we say to ourselves, it's useless serving God. And so Malachi chapter 3 verses 13 to 18, talks about the error of delay. Because sometimes when there is a delay, we say some things or we feel some things in our hearts that we say to God. And let me read that passage for you. Malachi 3, verses 13 to 18. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say... What have you sp we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve the Lord. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed. For those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord, who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day I will make them my jewels. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not serve him. So that's Malachi chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. Let me talk about it. Sometimes, when you bring the tithes into the storehouse, there is going to be a delay. And when there is a delay, we sometimes in our heart say it is useless to serve God. When you're unemployed and you've been seeking a job over and over a period of time and you're not getting this, this, this job that you want, you begin to feel it is useless to serve God. And we, we, we feel that deep inside 
And I believe that God wants us to understand this morning. It's not useless to serve me because I have a book of remembrance for you. And I'm seeing everything you have done in my name. And even though you don't see the results right now, don't worry about it because I am seeing everything that you're going through. It's not useless serving me. So that's principle number two. Principle number one, the Redeemer wants to redeem your work. Principle number two, we need to have an attitude check. Are we saying in our heart of hearts that serving God is useless? Principle number three, your occupation is not who you are. You are a called out one. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a called out one. Regardless of your job or occupation, that is who you are, not your job. And even if your job right now is that of being a job hunter. Being a job hunter is not who you are. You are a called out one. You are a priest before God. And so you need to remember that even when you're hunting for job, you are still a priest before God. And so that needs to reflect in everything we do. We cannot be changing how we are living our lives because of who we are, because of what is happening on the job. We are the called out one. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. And we need to remember that. Principle number four. The devil wants to devour you. In Judges chapter 6, Verses 3 and 4, we read the story of Gideon and Israel and what would happen to them. Here it says, so it was that whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also the Amalekites and to the people of the east would come up against them. And they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza. And leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor our donkey. We need to remember that the devil wants to devour us. The reason you don't have a job, the reason your job is not working, the reason you're bored on the job, the reason your job is not a blessing for you right now, is not because God wants to give you hardship in order to get you to grow. Hardships will happen and it will help you to grow, but it's not because that's what is God's plan for you. It's the devil who wants to devour. It's because of the evil in this world that our work and our toil is so difficult. And so we need to remember that whatever we're doing, the principle that the devil wants to devour us. And that's why we're taking the time during this month to fast and pray, to break the devour over each person who is unemployed, underemployed, or do, they are unfulfilled in their jobs because we need to break that power over our lives. So how do we reverse this curse? How do we break the curse that is going on in our lives? First of all, 
for those who are working with poor conditions. Where you go to work and it's just not working for you. Remember to be the thermostat and not the thermometer. It's an easy thing to say. But sometimes we allow ourselves to be succumbed into what's going on all around us. And as we allow ourselves to be succumbed into the environment, we start reflecting what's going on in our workplaces. And what we need to do is we need to be the ones who will stand in our workplaces and change the environment. It's going to be hard. Nobody said Christianity is easy. Nobody said living for God is going to be easy. But we need to be the ones who are going to change the circumstances. Sometimes we might have difficult co-workers or supervisors or bosses. Sometimes we have difficult people whom we serve. When that happens, make sure that you're firm. The fact that God made you a Christian is not excuse for you to be weak. Let me repeat that. The fact that you are a Christian is not excuse for you to be weak. If someone is disrespecting you, you need to be firm. But at the same time, you don't return disrespect with disrespect. You need to be a minister of reconciliation. The Bible calls us as priests before God. We are the agents of reconciliation. We are the ones who should make the extra step to bring people back together. And finally, remember... You're ultimately serving God. You're not serving those co-workers. You're not serving that boss. You're really serving God. And so when you're serving, remember that whatever you do, eat or drink, you should do it to the glory of God. There are some people who have lack of challenges. They're not motivated. They're not fulfilled in their jobs. This is where we need to tap into God's creativity. God is the creative one. He's the one who developed the whole earth. And so we need to tap into his creativity and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do on this job? How do you want me to come up with some new ideas that will change what's going on here? Tap into his creativity. Sometimes you hear an idea and you say, why didn't I think of that? Guess what? You can think of that. You just need to take the time to allow God to pour into your life his creativity. Ask God for new ways of looking at old challenges. Sometimes we have things that we do over and over and over again, and after a while it loses its luster. After a while it becomes so boring, so dry, that we just flow through. Find new ways of doing the same old things. The next one is speak up. Speak up. I saw this newspaper clipping last week, and it's in the career section of the Virginia Pilot, and the person was talking about when you're working hard and not getting ahead, here's what to do. And this person, let me read what the person says very quickly. I've been on my job for 10 years. I'm loyal, hardworking, have great people skills, and highly competent. I'm also consistently passed over for promotions. 
the people who are promoted are far less competent. I don't get it. How do I get my, on my company's promotional track? And the answer that this person said was, you need to speak up. What happens is that so many people are doing wonderful work on the job and nobody knows it. And it's like winking at a woman in the dark. You're on the job and you're doing good work. Your boss doesn't necessarily know. He sees the result or she sees the result, but they're not necessarily understanding the principle and the contribution that you're giving to the company. You need to speak up for yourself. I have tried it both ways. And when you try it the way of not ever saying anything, you get passed over and over and over. Sometimes you really need to just speak up. There's a story about this, this man who sent this parrot to his dad, shipped it from overseas, and, and the, 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 the dad got this parrot. And so the man called his dad and said, did you get the parrot? And the dad said, yes, I got the parrot. Thank you so much. I enjoyed eating him. And the man said, what? How could you eat it? This is a special parrot. He speaks 11 languages. He can translate English to Spanish. He can translate French to English. How could you eat the parrot? And dad said, well, he should have said something. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to speak up. And Christians... Meekness does not mean that you're not going to speak about what you're doing on the job. Paul, in his letter, says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, what he's doing is he's saying who he is. And sometimes you need to let people in your jobs know who you are because that's where sometimes we, miss, we mess up and people get promoted over us and over us. We need to speak up. Reversing the curse. Next is, Overload. Sometimes you have too much work, too few staff, and this is often a result of the economic crisis that we're in right now. And one of the things that we should do is really thank God that we have work, even when we are overloaded, because there are some people who don't have a job. And I'm not saying that you should have overwork. I'm saying that sometimes... When we find ourselves in situations like this, we become ungrateful and we become complainers rather than thankful for what God is doing. It's like the man who said, I complained because I had no shoes until I saw a man who had no feet. Be the best worker you can be on the job. Do your work hard. Do it as good as possible. Be a blessing on the job. But remember, work is never quite finished. And if you carry home everything, tomorrow you're going to have a lot more work to do. You just need to know when it's time to take a break and trust God. People who are living paycheck to paycheck, that's low wages. Remember that God is your source. And I'm not going to be talking too much about being in paycheck to paycheck this week because Chandra is going to be cheering about finances and God on, on finance, work and finances next week. But the final area is people who 
are underemployed. You don't have enough work or clients. You're in a business for yourself. Some people, your business have, has not taken off. You are still in the unemployment line. And when you're in the unemployment line, you just don't know what to do. And this is where we need to sometimes take the time to reevaluate what we're doing. How are we seeking jobs? Are we seeking jobs in one field when that field is saturated and maybe we need to look at something else? So we need to evaluate and reevaluate ourselves and see if this is something that God might be saying. My son, it's time to change. Or my daughter, maybe we should be focusing on something else. And then we can tap into his creativity. And sometimes when you look at what you have in your hands, you see that there is something I have right now that I can be doing that is different from what I'm doing. And sometimes it might mean working on the side or, or being able to develop some business for yourself. And if you have business ideas in Go Church, we want to hear about them because we want to be praying for you and we want to be encouraging you. We want to be your champion. But the final area, and I'm going to close on this today, is that we need to fast and pray. Nothing is going to happen until we break the power in fasting and praying. Nothing is going to happen until we seek God and allow God to break this, this stronghold. If you're on your job and, and your job is not working for you, it's not because that's God's plan for you. It's because the devourer is taking over. When you know that you're qualified and you have been applying for job for years and you just can't find something. You can't find something right for you or you're, you're underemployed or you're working below what you can do. It's not because of God. It's because the devourer is holding you and he's holding you back. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray for every person who is unemployed in our midst because God wants to break that power. God wants you to be employed. He gave you the task to multiply, to subdue the earth, to expand your territories. He wants you to be expanded. But the devourer holds us back sometimes and we need to break that. Your job is unfulfilling. You're just working and working and you just feel as if, what's the point? That needs to be broken. People on your job, they're, they're just not working with you and it feels as if you're always at a, at fighting on the job. That needs to be broken. You're underemployed and you just can't make ends meet. That needs to be broken. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning. 
Lord, I thank you that you gave us a task and a mission. And you want us, Lord, to have good success. You want our businesses to thrive. You want our work to be fulfilling. You want our work to be a blessing, Lord. And so, God, I ask you for my brothers and sisters. I ask you, Lord, that you would come. And I ask you, Lord, to pour out your spirit, oh God. I ask you, Lord, that you would grant that every chain would be broken. That, Lord, you would come and touch your people. I ask you, Lord, that there will be great fulfillment in work, Lord. So come and touch your people. Lord, for every person who is unemployed, for every person who is underemployed, Lord, for those who are working in jobs and just need your blessings, come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord, your people need your touch. Lord, I ask you that on the job we will be able to be the blessings, Lord God, that you want us to be. So I pray for your people this morning, Lord. Lord, your people need you. Lord, some of us, our finances are in just so bad a shape, oh God, that sometimes all we think about is the finances. Break that, Lord. Break that, Lord. Break it, Lord. And grant that your people will enjoy good success, Lord. Father, I pray for all my brothers and sisters here. Let us be a blessing to others, Lord. Let us be a blessing, Lord God. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and fill your people with your spirit. Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. I'm going to be closing, saying one final benediction in a minute, but there may be somebody here who does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray to him. Ask him to forgive you for your sins. Ask him to cleanse you, to make you a new person in him. And he will do it. When we close, we're going to ask you to just come forward and one of our prayer leaders will be willing to pray with you. So we have this little basket here and we have some index cards. And before you leave today, we are going to be praying about these throughout the week and we're going to be praying about them on Thursday. I'm going to ask you to come forward and just grab one of these and just write your name. If you have a business that you're working on and the business is not working, write what you're doing and we're going to be praying for you. This is a time for God's people to be blessed. Would you stand please?
my brothers and sisters, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, shalom, his perfect peace. Now go into all the world and preach the gospel and know that as you go, the Lord Jesus Christ is with you now and forevermore. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all.